of Chaco Uberbaca's foolproof multi-step plan for cheering up your best friend by A Deadly Bridge. If there aren't any further questions, class is dismissed. Aizawa announced blandly. The class wasted no time shuffling around, stuffing worksheets and textbooks into their bags. Ochako could hear all sorts of conversations scattered around the room. What you doing this weekend? You hungry? Oh, that lesson was killer, huh? Let's go shopping. Yeah, I could eat. Right? I didn't understand that last one at all. Kid, work steady tomorrow morning. Let's go to the cafeteria. I heard lunch rushes doing Tex-Mex. Ugh, this homework's gonna suck. She smiled to herself. Class 2A was as lively as ever. The first year was tumultuous, with incidents scattered throughout the term. Second year came soon enough, and now that all 20 of them had their provisional licenses, they were no strangers to the hero workforce. Between school and work studies keeping them busy, the middle of August had arrived before anyone could do so much as complain. Despite the extra duties and responsibilities, everyone kept up with their friend groups. Everyone had people in their corner to talk to. Now that it was Friday, everyone was making plans for the weekend. Everyone except for one, right now. Hey, Deck! Ochako tried calling out, but it was no use. Deku had already quickly crossed through the threshold of the doorway, and didn't seem likely that he would turn around. Q? She couldn't help but frown, not wanting to think about how many times this exact scene had played out in the last few Fridays. Ida's voice snapped her out of her quick spell of sadness. Uragakun, did you want to come with us tonight? Come to what? Sorry, I got a little distracted. She admitted. My parents wanted to meet me for dinner in the city tonight, and they said I could invite some of my friends. Ida explained. Todoroki-kan has already expressed interest in coming with me. Ochako looked towards Todoroki, who gave her a tiny nod of acknowledgement. She asked Ida, What kind of place is it? It's a New York steakhouse with a multitude of other cuisine options. Ida said with a glint in his eyes, chopping the air in front of him. I believe it's one of the restaurants started by... The Gourmet Hero 3 store? Ochako finished for him in surprise, to which Ida confirmed with a thumbs up. Her mouth started to water at the thought. She'd accumulated quite a bit of money from her work studies, so treating herself was tempting. That sounds awesome! A few months ago, Deku-kun was telling me all about how Three Star was thinking about opening up a branch in Musutafu. The food's supposed to be packed with flavor, like pow, bam! Hurriedly, she put on her backpack. And now it's open? Do you think we can invite Deku-kun too? I'm sure he'd love to come. If I hurry, I can try to catch up to him, maybe. I actually invited him earlier, but he regretfully declined. Ida said with a solemn look. Oh. Did he say why? Ochako asked, a slump returning to her shoulders. He told us that he was feeling under the weather. Did you notice anything off about him today? Todoroki asked her. Me? Ochako asked embarrassedly. She'd gotten the hang of pushing down her feelings for Deku. They had more important things to worry about, of course, so rather than worrying about a budding romance that may never happen, it was better for her to cherish the strength of their friendship. Still, old habits die hard, and stealing a single, selfish glance every now wasn't out of the ordinary. Of course she'd noticed something off about Deku today. I'm wondering if he's got a sore throat, actually. He didn't really raise his hand to answer questions today, did he? You're absolutely right! Ida exclaimed, clearly impressed by her deduction. 
He's usually quite spirited when the lessons involve some form of coke analysis, so that is very unusual for him to not participate in the lecture. Incredible, Uraka-kun. I didn't even pick up on that. It must have went completely over my head. Yeah, that's quite the observation. Todoroki said plainly, a small, knowing smile warming his face while his eyes seemingly searched for something non-existent in the air above Ida. Their class was full of hard workers, and Deku was definitely no exception. He wasn't the type to let getting sick stop him from carrying on like any other day. And to make matters worse, Todoroki, Ida, and Ochako all pieced together that he was definitely more busy than usual, especially outside of class. He was always too busy to hang out, too busy doing homework, too busy training, too busy with work studies. A sore throat sure isn't anything deadly, but sick and busy was a dangerous combination. There's no way it would be conducive for rest. She hoped he at least had time for dinner with friends. One night off wouldn't be a big deal. But she knew him, and the boy was the textbook definition of dedicated. And tenacious. And stubborn. But those were some of the things she loved about him. Even in his moments of failure, his ability to keep going was an inspiration to all, Ochako included. While Ida and Todoroki did their best to bring Deku out of his room whenever they could, Ochako figured a different approach was in order. Instead, she would go to him. You guys go on ahead then. I think I'll stay back and make sure he's doing okay. Ochako assured them both with a confident thumbs up. Couldn't hurt, right? Ida nodded solemnly. I must be a terrible friend for not cancelling my plans to check up on Midoriya Konazal. It's fine. It's rare for us to see our families nowadays, so you shouldn't just cancel on them on such short notice. You guys just better eat enough from both me and Deku-kun then. Ochako joked lightly. Besides, part of me thinks he would feel worse if you didn't go because of him. Ochako waved goodbye to the two, leaving first to go on ahead. After a few quick stops to some of her classmates' rooms, as well as her own, and some careful thinking, Ochako was convinced that she had the perfect two-step plan for helping Daku unwind tonight. Step one, a warm drink made with love care. Whether it was a soothing cup of tea or a delicious cup of hot cocoa, the memories of her parents making something to ease her nerves and calm her throat warmed her heart to this day. A cool drink can refresh you on a hot day, but a warm drink relaxes you. Step two, offer an open ear. Deku always had a lot on his mind, more often than not, and when he's muttering away, words and thoughts get lost in the fray. It's easy for others to dismiss or brush it under the rug, but what if he just needs someone to listen to him? Ochako knew she could be that someone. Now, if only he'd just open the door and just come out of his room! She knocked again, hoping that the fifth time would be the charm. She waited for what seemed like forever, and tracing paths with her finger along the wood grain of the door was growing old. No luck. Still, she couldn't stop trying. Would he give up if he were in her shoes? Absolutely not. She was sure of it. Deku-kun? Do you think you could let me in? She asked softly. The light from his room shone under the doorway, so she at least knew he was inside. She pressed an ear against the door and listened for an answer. Please? No response. After one final knock, she sighed and turned around. What was meant to be a straightforward plan was looking to be a lot longer than she had anticipated. Step three. Try again tomorrow. No use. 
Deku always answered on the first or second knock. Something must have been wrong, and she wanted to know what it was. But that was a task for later. She could give it another go in the morning. A good night's rest, and she'd be able to put in 100% into her efforts. The walk back to her room was glum and uneventful. Rather than stare at the plain, green walls of the hallway, she looked at the window toward the courtyard in the ground level, focusing on the fountain in its center. The elevator's ding seemed to taunt her, as a reminder that she'd failed at the only thing she wanted to accomplish tonight. If she'd just gone with Ida and Todoroki to dinner, the ding would instead be the sound of a serrated knife cutting through a juicy cut of meat and clashing with the pricey plates. But without Deku-kun, where'd be the fun in that? After getting into her room, she plopped onto her bed, splaying her limbs out in every which way. She stared at the navy blue ceiling, moderately covered with the glow-in-the-dark stars arranged in makeshift constellations. Holding a hand out, she traced the stars, connecting them. I guess it's time for bed, huh? She said to herself. Tomorrow is another day, and maybe he'll be better by then. Maybe I'm worrying about nothing. No way. Waiting for tomorrow is the easy way out, and she was not going down without a fight. She jumped out of her bed, put on her backpack and shoes, and drew her curtains. A gentle breeze blew through her hair as she opened the sliding door. It was a clear, cloudless night out, and the winds were calm. Perfect. Step four. Find an alternative way. Ochako stepped outside and closed the door behind her. The summer's night breeze was chilly, yes, but plenty forgiving. She touched her backpack with all five fingers and immediately felt the weight vanish. The bag wouldn't fly away as long as she kept a steady grip on the straps, but she wasn't done yet. She touched her forearm, her fingers gleamed pink, and she kicked off the ground to float upwards. Living on the fourth floor, it wasn't uncommon for her to make secret trips to the rooftop just to look at the stars. Gripping onto some shingles from the top of the building, she pulled herself up, and once she was sure her footing was solid, Ochako released her quirk. She shuddered. There were goosebumps on her arm, not from the cold, but from her view of the city. It was comforting to know that she had such an easy way to catch this breathtaking view whenever she wanted. She could never grow tired of this. The twinkling city lights were vivid and lively, contrasting to her quiet, still night. She imagined one of those far-off windows in the distance contained Ida and Todoroki, sitting in a restaurant filled with the aromas of delicious gourmet foods. Ochako took a deep breath. At this moment, the fresh air was more enticing than any steak. Any other day, she'd take a seat and sit there for hours on end. The few moments Ochako took had to be enough sightseeing for now. She still had a job to do. She walked along the edge of the roof, routinely looking down again towards the courtyard. Even though she was only a few floors up, the fountain seemed so much smaller from up here. Something so big in person could be minuscule with a different perspective. In no time, she was on the opposite side of the building, and that meant she was directly above the boys' half of the dorms. She peered over the edge of the building, took a few steps back, and took a deep breath. With a running start, she dove off confidently and fell, past the fourth floor. She couldn't help but smile as she heard the sound of air speeding past her ears, past the third floor. 
The gust against her face as she fell was liberating. She could bring her fall to a halt at any moment, but she liked to enjoy the feeling, even if only for a fleeting moment. On the second floor, Ochako touched her forearm to cease her descent. She squirmed around the air to reorient herself right side up, and with a re-established sense of balance, the search began. Step 5. Find Deku's balcony. Now, which one was his again? Ochako thought to herself as she sauntered through the air. She only laughed when she spotted the dead giveaway. Horizontal stripes of red, white, and blue with white stars scattered all over. She swam over to position herself above his balcony and released zero gravity, letting her carefully drop down. She spotted a crack in the curtain and she peeked through, getting a narrow view of the inside of Deku's room. His desk lamp was on and he was reading through his notebook while jotting something down on a worksheet. Was that this weekend's homework? Was he already almost done? Ochako tried anything to get his attention. Waving, knocking, silly faces, jumping jacks, dancing. She should have known better. When he's focused, he's practically immune to the events of the outside world. Step six, get inside, somehow. Moments passed and Ochako ran an internal reality check. This was weird, wasn't it? Not only that, but it was frustrating too. He was right there, and she was doing everything she could that didn't involve the possibility of alerting the two students on either side of his room. If only her quirk would let her lift the door out of its frame, this would be a lot easier. Was he intentionally ignoring her? At this point, it was hard for Ochako to not feel at least a little offended. She was certain he would have come over by now if he noticed her, but on the other hand, if he heard her knocking earlier, he would have opened his actual door. Yes, the one connected to the hallway, easily accessible by anyone. The very same one 99% of his guests would use. And here she was, on his balcony instead. Ugh. She grabbed her phone and sent him a quick message. Can you go outside right now? Send. 10.03 p.m. Ochako watched Deku grab his phone out of his pocket. With minimal effort, he didn't shift or look towards her, but she could tell he was typing response. Are you in the hallway? 10.04 p.m. I meant outside as in on your balcony. LOL. Sent. 10.05 p.m. Just humor me, please. LOL. Sent. 10.05 p.m. Deku seemed confused, scratching his head, but he stood up from his seat anyway. He pushed in his chair, and as he walked over promptly, Ochako had an idea. She turned around, tiptoed toward the ledge, carefully climbing over, held onto the railing, and let herself hang down. She waited patiently, listening for the click of Deku unlocking door, and as soon as she heard it slide open... Boo! Ochako said, suddenly popping up from below. Deku let out a yelp, stumbled huh? backwards to fall onto the ground. He caught his breath while a hand clutched at his chest. <laughs> Laughing to herself, Ochako climbed back to safety, walking towards the boy. Araraka-san, what are you doing here? Deku said in a worried hush. To see you, of course. She mused with a grin. Her fingertips glimmered pink as she patted his head. 
He floated upwards for a short moment, and once he was at about his standing height, she brought her fingers together again, and his feet fell steadily to the ground. At this time? He brushed the back of his pants off. It's late, and almost time for curfew. I just wanted to talk. Even if it's only for a few minutes? If that's okay? She asked innocently. Deku seemed hesitant. I'll leave right after. I promise. Finally, he nodded and stepped aside, clearing the path into his bedroom. What did you want to talk about? You left right after class ended. Ochako started. Dashed right out the door. I tried calling out to you. Oh. He said, looking at the ground. You did? Ochako nodded. Yeah, but... I wasn't sure if you purposely ignored me. And when I knocked on your door earlier, you didn't respond then either. I was kind of worried I was bothering you or that maybe you didn't want to talk to me. What? You're not a bother. I just probably couldn't hear you. He said right away. He reached his hands into his hair and tapped both of his ears before pulling tiny devices out of them. Couldn't hear me? Ochako asked before frowning, trying to get a better look at what Deku was holding. Suddenly, it clicked for her. It made sense why he was less responsive lately, and recalling times in the last week when they did talk in class, he asked her to repeat herself fairly often. Right away, she felt terrible for never putting the pieces together before now. Deku-kun, those aren't hearing aids, are they? What? No, they're not. Izuku said, shaking his head embarrassedly, moving his hands into the light, and turning the small gadgets over to expose the subtle M branding. See? They're, uh, mite pods. As in the super expensive earbuds? Ochako felt her eyes widen. They were all the rage when they dropped a few months back, but she hadn't seen them up close before. Her eyes were practically bulging with curiosity as he put them back into their charging case. It was a birthday gift for my mom, actually. I was really surprised. He told her. Was it really a surprise? Ochako teased, pausing to look around the room, immediately reminded of the first time she'd ever seen his room when 1A first moved in. He had lots of All Might paraphernalia back then, but he definitely accumulated some more. Right away, she spotted his All Might alarm clock, and then his All Might plastic models, and then a few vinyl figurines, and then what she believed to be an All Might kitchen timer. I mean, with all this merch you have, Might Pods might be the only thing you don't have. No way. I'll never forget the day I met Sir Nidai. He had quite the collection going, with some items even I've never seen in person until then. Deku gushed. If I didn't hear you earlier, then I probably had the volume too high on the my pods. So you were just jamming out? You weren't avoiding me and Ida-kun and Todoroku-kun? She asked. When he had run off without saying anything, Ochako did feel a little hurt that he didn't turn around, but if Deku couldn't even hear her, it made sense in context. Her heart sat a little easier in her chest. What? No, I wouldn't want to avoid you guys. I've actually been listening to a podcast that Todoroki-kun introduced me to. Ochako's interest was piqued. What sort of thing does one of our top students listen to on a regular basis? Probably something motivational, right? Words of wisdom from some of the pros? Not quite. It's a little weird, but it's interesting, too. They talk about all sorts of conspiracy. Both of them perked up in surprise at a sudden knock at the door, accompanied by a familiar voice behind it, stern and lethargic. Midoriya, 
Ochako and Deku look towards each other in panic, reducing to a unified, nonsensical whispers. They knew Aizawa's voice anywhere, and they needed a plan, and they needed one now. Step seven, hide. Ochako panicked and climbed into the bed, wedging herself into the corner between the mattress and the wall. She pulled the covers over herself and mouthed careful instructions to Deku. Act natural. Izuku rushed to the door as the knocking grew louder. He opened the door with nervous laughter that went on for far too long. He imagined Uraraka-san facepalming under the blanket. This was not off to a great start. Sensei, what brings you here? Lights out, Midoriya. Aizawa said curtly. It's past curfew. I was just catching up on some homework. Izuku lied. Homework or not, you're still a teenager that needs rest. Aizawa shot back. The bags under his eyes insisted he needed some rest himself. His teacher's eyes scanned around the room. I heard another voice here. You wouldn't happen to have company, would you? No, of course not. I was on the phone with Araraka-san. We were working on the assignment together. How could she be doing her homework without her backpack? Aizawa cut in. Isn't that one hers? The pink one, over there? Izuku's eyes widened as he looked over his shoulder behind him, sitting on the ground, by his desk. There it was, just as Aizawa said. She must have set it down as soon as she walked in. He gulped and immediately felt the sweat gather on his palms. Oh, yeah, that's why she called. She, she m must have left it here earlier when we were... Deku's voice trailed off as if searching for an excuse. When you were what? Deku shook his head as walked over and picked up the pink bag, putting his arms into the shoulder straps. I got it. I'll just take it to her right now. She might need it. I think not. Aizawa interrupted sternly with a raised eyebrow. You know very well you can't go to the girl's side of the building past curfew. Oh, right. Don't keep inconveniencing your teacher by doing irrational things. He said harshly, looking around the room again with contempt. And try to tidy up every now and then. Your bed is a mess. There's hardly enough space left for you to even sleep on. There's plenty of room, Izuku argued. That's just my... all my body pillow. I can't sleep without it. Izuku froze when he heard a muffled <laughs> giggle from Uraraka's direction. Aizawa's eyes went straight towards the bed, then looked back towards Izuku suspiciously. Step eight. Keep quiet and don't get caught. This was not looking good. Under the bedsheets, Ochako covered her mouth urgently, trying her hardest to keep another sound from slipping out. She listened carefully, hearing a heavy sigh from her teacher. She couldn't quite pin what emotion it meant to express. Apathy? Frustration? Disgust? Fear? After what seemed like an eternity to gather his thoughts, Aizawa said finally, Midoriya, just go to sleep. Izuku answered without hesitation. Yes, sir. Now, Midoriya. I will. I will. Izuku assured. After you've left, of course. I know better than to take your word for it. His teacher said with another cynical glare, motioning towards the lamp. Lights out. Izuku pulled at the hem of his t-shirt, and the longer he waited, the more he realized Aizawa wasn't joking. He walked over to his desk to set Uraraka's bag down and to turn his desk light off before turning back to his teacher, who only nodded before pointing to the bed. 
He smiled nervously as he pulled the covers up just enough so that he could get into the bed, and he made eye contact with Uraraka underneath, who still held a tight grip over her mouth. Her eyes widened further as Izuku mouthed, Sorry. And he got in next to her, shuffling into position. His body stiffened when he felt what was probably her arm brush against his own. You, you, you can leave now, Sensei. Izuku said at last. The door shut behind Aizawa, finally, and Izuku released a sigh of relief while Uraraka flung the covers off of them, gasping for a breath of air. He felt bad, knowing how hot it could get under the sheets, but Uraraka was amazing as ever, powering through whatever came her way. She turned onto her other side to face him. Izuku followed suit, doing the same. She was so pretty. She always had been, but to really see her up close with no one else around was different. He couldn't help but notice the corners of her lips curling up. Wow, that smile was infectious. The two stared at each other in silence until Uraraka inevitably broke into laughter. Shh, keep it down. Izuku pleaded through laughter of his own. As long as Sensei might still be nearby. I know, I know, but like... She whispered between bursts of soft giggles. I can't believe that actually worked. Yeah, with your backpack. And the whole body pillow thing. I thought we were going to get caught for sure. And what was that laugh when you opened the door? Right? Izuku was nearly out of breath, and his laughter was reduced to a wheeze as he wiped a tear from his eye. At that point, I might as well have admitted, Araraka-san is in my bed. The laughter died down when reality sank in. They laid down, mere inches away from each other, crammed onto his tiny, twin-sized bed. His own heart was still pounding from their stressful, yet successful, impromptu stealth operation, and it didn't look like there was an end to it in sight. The heat pooling in his face and his ears traveled downward, knocked through his chest, and fluttered in his stomach. How red was he turning? She was right there. And she was so, so, so... So close. Izuku stammered while springing to his feet, nearly tripping and stumbling into his desk. Uraraka, equally, if not more, embarrassed, sat up, nearly fanning herself in place. She cleared her throat to help regain her composure and scooted to the edge of the bed to let her legs hang down towards the floor. Biting her lip, she asked him finally, Dekakun, I have a serious question for you. Izuku felt his shoulder slump, and rather than look Uraraka in the face, his eyes instead dropped down to the ground. Sure. What is it? Do you actually have a pillow like that? She asked, breaking into laughter once again. I'm not going to answer that. Deku replied, accompanied by an eye roll. As expected of a true All Might fanboy, Uraraka said, clutching at her sides again. Uraraka-san, why did you bring your bag with you? Izuku asked, likely to change the subject. Did you have some homework you wanted to start on? Or maybe you had some questions about this weekend's assignments? No, no, nothing like that, she answered. After walking over the backpack, she knelt down, pulled out a mug, an electric kettle, some honey, a bottle of lemon juice, a spoon, and a liter of water. Oh, wow. All that fit in your bag? He looked with intrigue at all the new items scattered across his floor. Yeah, I needed it all for tonight. I had to go out and get some of them, but I had Momo make a mug for me, 
and I borrowed the kettle from Satokun. But what's it all for? Is it some kind of science experiment? Oh, I got it. Maybe the acids in the lemon juice break down the ceramics in the mug? Izuku did his best to figure it out. No guessing. And no thinking of school either, Dekukun. Uraraka nearly snapped, puffing her cheeks out in a pout before looking around the room aimlessly. Where's your nearest outlet? I need to plug in the kettle base. Leave it to me. Hand me the cord and I'll plug it in for you. Izuku volunteered eagerly. The lights were still off, but the moonlight did a good enough job illuminating the room. The opening in the curtain threw light onto the wall by his bed. Everything else was dimly lit at best, relying on whatever light could bounce around to fill the room. He crawled under his desk, digging around through the tangled mess of cords with one hand. He felt the slightest touch on his other hand, which he imagined to be Uraraka's fingertips, and he jerked his hand away and jumped, hitting his head on the bottom of the desk. Ooh. Ouch. Sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Uraraka apologized quietly. It's okay. I should have expected that when I asked for the cord. Deku said with a nervous laugh, rubbing the top of his head. He'd probably feel that in the morning. He reached his hand out again, and she met him halfway. He could feel his hands trembling. They'd been friends for so long, yet even the smallest contact was still nerve-wracking. He hoped she wouldn't feel offended by that. Here you go, she said. His hand stopped moving as Uraraka held it steady, dropping the cord into his palm. She moved her hands away, resting them into her lap. Izuka went back under the desk, fed the power cord through, and weaved it into a free outlet on his surge protector. The faint feeling of her touch practically burned on his hand. Why did it have to be such a big deal? Was it because it was a girl's hand? Her fingertips were definitely softer than his own, but not by much. Was it because it was Uraraka's hand? Izuku pivoted around to look at the base, and its rim glowed with a trail of orange LEDs, giving a warm glow to a tiny radius around it. The warm glow against Uraraka's naturally pink cheeks looked like a sunrise over the sea, surrounded by the deep, dark blue of a twilight sky and its reflection in the water. Izuku watched her closely as she carefully poured the water into the jug and placed it onto the base. She was cute when she was concentrating. In roughly four minutes, the water would be ready, but all they could do now was wait. So they did. The two sat cross-legged on the ground in silence. He locked eyes with Uraraka for a few seconds before immediately deciding to look instead at the kettle between them, focusing on the orange lights of the base, tracing them all around its circumference. Uraraka brought him back to reality, joking. A watched pot never boils, Deku-kun. Izuku chuckled. It was a figure of speech, of course, since he already felt heat radiating from the jug already. Unless it was just warm in his room. Unless it wasn't even the room, and it was instead Uraraka leaving warm feelings inside him. Memories of their first meeting always brought a smile to his face. She saved him, even if it was just from falling on his face and making a fool of himself. Later that day, during the exam, she saved him again, but from falling to his death. Since then, they'd spent so much time together and gotten to know one another. It felt so natural and gradual, but when he thought about it, they'd really grown close, hadn't they? They were joined at the hip. They were best friends. Was there room to grow closer? Did he want to be even closer? Did she?
What am I thinking? He thought, a watched pot never seems to boil, but if you don't pay attention, it's in danger of boiling over. The light on the base shut off, signaling the water's completion. The room returned to darkness, giving him the idea to get up to widen the opening in the curtains to let some more light in. He probably should have done that in the first place. Uraraka filled the mug in front of her with the boiling water. It bubbled back up, splashing onto her hand. He noticed her flinch, but he knew she'd dealt with worse during mock battles, especially if Todoroki was involved. She measured two spoonfuls of honey, three spoonfuls of lemon juice, and stirred them well. The mixture clouded, and she grabbed one last thing from her backpack, a ginger tea bag. The tea bag floated initially when she originally dipped it in, but it sank to the bottom as it soaked up more of the concoction. Izuku didn't want to say anything lest he distract her. It didn't matter what she was doing, she gave it her all, from fighting villains to doing whatever she was doing now. It was admirable. He liked that about her. Really liked it. Sorry, Dekakin. Just a little bit more time. Uraraka smiled as she continued stirring gently, blowing along the top of the drink. Izuku felt bad that she was here. He knew Ida was going to invite Uraraka to dinner as well, so why didn't she go with him and Todoroki? He imagined it would have been more fun spending time with the others rather than being cooped up here alone with him. He felt guilty. He felt a little selfish. But ultimately, he felt happy that she was here. Uraraka took a spoonful of her creation, brought it to her lips, and sipped. She smiled, visibly pleased with her handiwork. She picked up the mug and offered it to him. Here. For me? Who else? She asked with a cheeky laugh. Izuku looked at her, who only looked back in eager anticipation. He carefully took the mug into his own hands and brought it close to his face. He took a deep breath and immediately felt the steam enter his nostrils. Well, it smells really good. Don't just smell it. How's it taste? It's sweet. I expected it to be really sour because of the lemon juice, but the honey balances it really well, he said. Uraraka watched him closely. And? It's soothing. The ginger isn't as harsh of a flavor as I would have thought. The honey really brings it out, and it feels really nice on my throat. With each sip, a new layer of flavor rolled in. And if Uraraka didn't stop him soon, he was probably in danger of talking her ear off. And it's warm. It feels good on the stomach. But it just also feels like a nice hug from the person that made it. Izuku immediately backtracked his words when he saw Uraraka tilt her head and raise an eyebrow. Uh, a figurative one, of course. But it's really good. I like it. The secret isn't the ingredients at all, you know? It's the feelings behind the care taken to prepare it that make all the difference. My mama usually makes it for me when I'm feeling sick. It's nothing complex, but it usually helps me plenty. Ochako said proudly. Sick? Oh. So, that's why she was here. Ida said you didn't come out for dinner tonight because you weren't feeling too well, right? Ochako clarified. Deku didn't respond. Instead, he idly traced the rim of the mug with his finger, his eyes getting lost in its contents. Deku-kun, what's on your mind? Nothing. 
Really? He snapped his eyes up to meet hers. He smiled purposefully, but it fell back into an apathetic expression. If I learned anything while you were trying to talk to Aizawa Sensei, it's that you're a terrible liar. She joked, to hopefully ease the tension. Deku cracked a small smile, but pursed his lips immediately after. Ochako pushed the issue further. You're not really sick, are you? No, not really. He looked down and shook his head. And you came here to make sure I was okay, when you could have gone out with everyone else. I'm sorry, Araraka-san. I'm not bothered by that at all. There's always next time. But what about you? Can you tell me what's really wrong? Ochako pleaded. He'd since taken a seat again at his desk, and she found a spot on the edge of his bed again on top of his striped sheets. Their dorm rooms were small, but they may as well have been kilometers away if he wouldn't open up to her. Please? I guess I just didn't feel like going out tonight. Izuku said glumly. And I didn't want to kill the mood if I went out with everyone. So you're feeling a little down? Deku shrugged. There's just a lot on my mind lately. Our first year was filled with so many incidents. I think we encountered real-life villains a lot sooner than other students would have. Sometimes it's just scary that we've already dealt with so much, and that there's so much more out there that we haven't seen, and so much we don't know. It makes me feel guilty going out and doing normal things. Whatever normal even means nowadays. You deserve to relax too, you know? It's not wrong to want to do things that a normal teenager would do. Eating out at new places, singing your heart out at karaoke, spending time at the arcade, or even going on dates. She stopped herself from finishing her sentence, covering her mouth regretfully. Dates? Deku took his best shot at finishing her sentence. No, no, date mining sprees, or something like that. Ochako suggested without a single grain of confidence behind her answer. I don't know if normal teenagers are doing that sort of thing, Deku said, shrugging with a raised brow and an unsure smile. But I think I get the idea. We're supposed to be the next generation of heroes, and it feels kind of careless to not focus everything onto that. Letting our guards down could be fatal if something bad were to happen right under our noses, and we weren't prepared. There'll be other heroes out there on duty. You don't have to shoulder everything that might happen everywhere you go. Ochako assured him. But what if there's no one nearby? Or if the pros are too slow? Deku argued. Ochako laughed, and Deku only looked at her in confusion. Then I know for a fact that you'd jump into action without so much as a second thought. No costume, no support gear, just guns blazing, fists out and ready to fight. That's the Deku I know. And we'll be right next to you. Deku smiled, but tried to hide it as he took a small sip. Besides... It's not that the best pro heroes out there are all work and no play. That's the perfect recipe for stress. What's one day out of the week to yourself to have some fun? Ochako asked. <sighs> but what about training? I've got an intense workout regimen and techniques that I should brush up on. I always feel like I'm a step behind everyone else because I never really learned how to control my quirk until our first year. If I slack now, everyone will keep moving forward. And I'll still be here. I know how it feels to want to improve. That's such an important driving factor for moving forward. 
And it's good to keep your body fit, but Aizawa said it best. We're still teenagers, and the rest is important too. That way, you can stand tall and strong the next day. But what about schoolwork? He lamented. I'm not convinced I've seen you miss a single assignment the entire time we've been in school. Plus, it's not the end of the world if you turn in an assignment late. Or you could always ask for an extension if you really felt like you were falling behind. I guess. Deku said plainly. Hey, do you remember what I put in the drink? Yeah, it was just water, lemon juice, honey, and a ginger tea bag. You said it wasn't about the ingredients. Deku recalled with a raised eyebrow. I did. But what if I just gave you a whole ginger root? Or a cup of lemon juice? It wouldn't have the same effect, right? Deku shook his head fervently, likely from disgust at the thought. A good tea is a balance of multiple flavors, and a good life is a balance of multiple things. Your hard work is great, and I know it'll pay off. Sooner than you think. But you've got to set some time aside for other stuff, too. Stuff to let loose. We miss you plenty, so don't be afraid to hang out with us. If you don't feel up for social activity, that's okay, too. If you won't take a full day off for yourself, away from obligations and assignments and training, then at least take tonight, the last few hours left of the day, to do nothing, to relax, and to just not worry about anything. Ochako said, holding out a pinky. Can you do that for me? Deku looked at her extended finger for a moment before linking his own pinky with hers. Yeah, I can do that. Ochako knelt down on the floor, ready to put everything away. Then I'll just pack all my stuff and I'll get out of your hair. Already? Deku asked suddenly. I said originally that I'd only be here for a few minutes, so I've probably overstayed my welcome anyway. Ochako said, nervously scratching at the back of her head. No, you don't have to go yet. I think it's really nice with you being here. Yeah. Ochako agreed. And since I'm sticking around, I can make sure that you're not going to go right back to doing homework. Ochako stuck her tongue out, but Deku only rolled his eyes. First Aizawa-sensei, and now you too. I set a mission for myself today. It was all planned out and everything. I caught it. Ochako Uraka's foolproof multi-step plan for cheering up your best friend. Well, that's a mouthful. Sounds like overkill, don't you think? Deku said, laughing. Hey! Ochako said with a pout. It's a working title. What other friend can check up on you as fast as I can? How many steps is this plan? It started off as only two, but there were... complications. And then I added some other contingencies made up of suggestions from some of the others. I'm not even sure what the final count is. But that's not the point. Did it at least help you feel better? Even if it's only a little? Yeah, it did. He said with a smile. Way more than a little. Because if not, I still have plenty of fallbacks. There's still step eight. Clear the room and bust out some power moves. Mina's idea. We can't just break dance in the middle of my room. Way too noisy. That's why there's step nine. Listen to some music and drown out the world. Ochako said, showing off her pink earbuds. The headphones make it pretty discreet. He took his phone out of his pocket with a nervous laugh, showing her the bottom of it. That won't work either. 
No auxiliary report. Huh? I thought phones were getting better and better. Why are they removing important features? Don't tell me these will be obsolete soon. She joked, looking down at her earbuds. Oh, and Aoyama sent me his suggestion too, but I didn't understand it. Ochako showed Deku her message from Aoyama, written in French. Il besoin de son petit jo. Deku read aloud, touching his thumb to his lip in confusion. I think il means he. Probably refers to me. Besoin is a conjugated verb for need. And son petit jo means... his little cabbage? Little... cabbage? Ochako repeated confusedly. Maybe it's a figure of speech? I know a little bit of French, thanks to Aoyama-kun, but not enough to know what it means. Sorry, Araraka-san. It's okay. I guess step 10, find a little cabbage at the market, is out of the question tonight. The grocery store should be closed by now. I'll have to save that one for another time. Ochako said regretfully. She looked up at Deku, who looked deep in thought. You would really do all of those? Just for me? He asked with misty eyes. Well, yeah, of course. You put your all into everything you do. So why wouldn't I do the very same for you? She told him sincerely. You're amazing. You know that? He asked her. Why do you say that? Ochako asked, confused by the sudden praise. It's just that you went plus ultra with all these creative ideas, and you went so far to check up on me. You probably only needed to do one thing. Deku said with a grin. What one thing is that? You just need to be here. Honestly. That's plenty, Araraka-san. Everyone has their own way to cheer me up, I think. Kachan would be nicer to me, but I use the term nicer loosely. Todoroki probably suggested listening to a podcast to get my mind off things. Ida would say, A tense body equates to a tense mind, and tell me to try working off the stress with training. Deku said, complete with chopping motions. He clutched at his chest. But when you popped up and scared me, sure, I was startled. But more than anything, I think I was relieved. Honestly, I hope I never take you for granted, because you've been kind to me from day one. I'm so lucky to have you. Wait, not that I have you, have you, or that you're some someone to have or own, um... People don't belong to each other, I don't mean to imply. Ochako giggled. <laughs> it's okay. I know what you meant. Thank you again for the tea. And thank you for listening to all of this. Most of all, with all we've been through. Ochako looked up at him. Thank you for always saving me. He said finally. I don't know how I could ever repay you. You've saved me enough times to last my next couple of lifetimes. Dummy. I'll save you from anything, Deku-kun. Even if it means saving you from yourself. Got it? She offered her hand for a fist bump, and he reciprocated it with a content smile and nod. You know what always helps me feel better? I like looking at the stars. It's a clear night out, so it'd be perfect, don't you think? 
That actually sounds nice. It's cold out, isn't it? Here. Deku said, pulling a hoodie from his chair and placing it in Ochako's hands. Take this, at least. No, Deku, I couldn't. It's okay. See? He said, opening his closet door to grab another one out of his rather large collection. I've got plenty. Deku-kun? Yes? He answered mindlessly. The one you gave me now and the one you just grabbed? Aren't they the same exact hoodie? Oh, yeah. It was a limited run, so of course I just had to get at least two. He said. She could tell from his expression that he absolutely wasn't kidding. Of course. Ochako repeated in disbelief. She looked down at the hoodie she'd given him. It looked brand new. And it even had the tags on still. She tried hard not to gasp at the price tag, but the sweater suddenly felt heavier in her hands. Cautiously, she slipped her arms through the sleeves. Deku wasn't much bigger than she was, but her hands couldn't even make it to the cuffs of the sleeves. Rather than leave the oversized sleeves to flop around, she rolled them up, letting them bunch at her wrists instead. Hero merch might have been expensive, but... Wow, it sure was comfy. You'll get cold if you don't zip it up, Deku told her. Ochako meant to do it herself, but Deku was faster, or, well, he tried to be at least. She felt a tug at the bottom of the sweater and looked down to see his unsteady hands fumbling with the zipper. After a few more seconds of fussing, she held his hand still and smiled up at him, assuring him. I got it. Sorry, he told her. His hands fell to his side, and she zipped the sweater closed. She looked up at him again. It was moments like this, when they stood close to each other, that highlighted just how much taller Deku had grown. And it was moments like this where her feelings came bubbling back up to the surface. His eyes met hers, and he asked, Ready? A familiar pounding in her chest returned, and she nodded before following him outside. It's supposed to be a full moon coming up in the next few days, Ochako said as she took a seat on the balcony floor next to Deku. You're so lucky to be on this side of the building. I would love to be able to see this every night. But can't you see stars from your balcony? Deku asked with a chuckle. Plus, you live on the top floor anyway. Yeah, sure, I can see some, but it's different. You get to see the moon as it rises, too. And by the time the moon gets to my side of the building, I'm already fast asleep. Ochako counted stars, tracing out constellations in the sky above her. The real ones were much better than the glow-in-the-dark counterparts on her ceiling, with billions of stars out there, it was easy to feel small and insignificant, and in the darkness of the night, it was easy to feel lonely too. But right now, that loneliness wasn't an issue at all. She heard Deku's voice, but couldn't quite catch what he said. Did you say something? She asked, looking towards him to find his eyes on her already. His eyes flitted nervously back up towards the sky. He could have been blushing right now, and Ochako would never know with how well the moon's cool blue glow swallowed all the warmth in his face. Deku repeated himself, this time louder. I was just... just saying that the moon looks beautiful. 
doesn't it? The moon. Ochako looked back up to the cloudless sky, still as clear as when she left her room earlier. She grinned as she spotted the bright silver, curved like a smile in an endless sea of stars. She nodded. It's a waning crescent tonight, see? It's the last bit we get to see before we get a new moon sometime later this week. Did you maybe want to listen to that conspiracy podcast with me? This episode is interesting. Some theory about Wash running a money laundering scheme. I don't believe in it one bit. But the amount of unrelated anecdotes they weave in to make this seem quasi-plausible? Deku asked, taking his Mite Pods case out of his pocket. Pretty crazy. Ochako smiled warmly, holding back a laugh. He was already a huge nerd, and Todoroki only opened up a can of worms by getting Deku into this conspiracy nonsense. Even still, she managed to find it endearing. Maybe another time. How about we listen to some music instead? Ah, step nine, right? Deku inched closer, slowly reaching up towards her face. His hand slowly grazed against her face while he tried his best to brush her hair behind her ear. Ochako could feel his eyes on her, and she could hear every nervous breath he took. He was so gentle with every action, but like earlier, she could clearly feel the slight shake of his hand. Rather than let him struggle awkwardly, Ochako held out her hand. Deku dropped the bud into her palm, and she secured it herself with a reassuring smile. He smiled back, unable to say anything beyond a simple, Thanks. Even with the uneasiness in his eyes, they looked absolutely dazzling under the moonlight. The moon only ever shines so bright because of the sun. But tonight, right at this moment, Ochako believed the moon borrowed radiance from Deku's smile. He pressed play, and the song began. What song is this? Ochako asked to make conversation. Deku looked at his phone, looking for the title. I'm not sure. It was recommended in an auto-generated playlist. It's nice, she told him. He perked up suddenly. Erotica-san, do you think I can put milk in the kettle you brought? No, no, you probably shouldn't do that. Septo told me using milk in the kettle can be problematic. What's the milk for all of a sudden? Since you made something for me... I wanted to make something for you, too. My mom's special hot chocolate. Deku said shyly. You use milk? Ochako said in surprise. We've only ever used little pre-made packets with some hot water. Deku gasped. We use packets, too. But you owe it to yourself to try it at least once with milk instead. And then maybe adding some marshmallows or something? Maybe whipped cream, too? Oh, and chocolate shavings might be a really good touch. I'll have to take you up on that. Probably another night, though. I don't think we'd be able to sneak into the kitchen and back without getting caught. Ochako said, wishing she could prolong the night. She could spend all night out here if she could, but she imagined she had to leave eventually whether or not Deku wanted her here. It was getting late, after all. My mom's recipe isn't a recipe by standard conventions. She's not the type to measure everything out, so it pretty much tastes a little different every time. But she does sort of have a secret trick, though. She swears by it, and it always works when she does it. Deku's thoughts got the best of him, and he started stumbling over his words again. Uh, never mind. It's probably silly. I bet it's not silly at all. I want to know too now. What's her trick? It's actually similar to what your mom said. 
The part about the care taken when making the drink makes all the difference. My mom always told me that hot chocolate tastes better when... Deku trailed off, and he brought his voice down to a low mumble. He took a deep breath in, leaned back, supporting his weight by placing his hands behind him, and breathed back out. Ochako scooted closer to him to hear him better. She mirrored his body language, allowing her palms to lay flat on the ground. Her fingers were just inches away from his, and she thought of how easy it would be to intertwine them, to tangle them tightly. She was right next to him, likely as close as she could be, but there was still a distance and gap that existed between them that she couldn't seem to close. Was there room to move closer? Did she want to be even closer? Did he? She felt a tickle on her hand and looked down to see his fingers slowly grazing along the top of her hand. Before she even had a chance to be surprised or startled, Deku's hand was on top of hers suddenly. He held it gently and, this time, there wasn't a single shake or tremor to be felt from him. Um, it tastes better when it's made by someone that loves you, Deku said finally. Ochako looked up at him, only to see a crumpled expression that spoke volumes about how embarrassed he must have been feeling. And honestly, Ochako felt the same way as she tried processing everything. So many thoughts ran through her head simultaneously. What should she focus on? Her heart pounding when they laid together in his bed, mere inches away from each other? Deku gently brushing her hair behind her ear? Deku's hand on hers, its grip growing tighter by the second? Did he just say he loved her? Is this what Deku feels every time his thoughts spill out of his mouth a mile a minute? Well, Deku, you're right. These mite pods make it hard to hear anything else. I must have heard you wrong. She played it off with a laugh. I love you. He repeated. You're inspiring. You're brave, and you're hardworking. You really bring the best out of me, and I want to do the same for you. To me, you're already a great hero, but I know you're going to exceed all of your expectations and achieve every single one of your goals. And I hope that when that happens, I'll be there, right next to you, by your side. He loosened his grip. Sorry. For what? It probably seems sudden. Ochako could hear the shame in his voice. I'll admit that I'm surprised. But it's a good kind of surprise. Ochako said. When did you start feeling this way about me? I don't think I could pinpoint it if I tried. It's like every moment we've shared together was a step forward. I only looked back at it all tonight to see how far we've come. I'm sorry. That's not anything to be sorry about, she assured him. He drew his hand away, and Ochako was too slow to stop him. She caught a glimpse of his face. He was absolutely mortified, a ghastly shade of white, as he looked away. Deku-kun? She asked him with a gentle tug on his sleeve. I'm sorry, Arakasan. I'm scared things will probably change between us. Deku apologized. So a lot of things change. Not all change is bad. Here, look up at the sky again. Ochako said, pointing up. Deku's eyes followed her finger. Am I looking for a specific star? Deku asked cluelessly, surveying the sky to no avail. Look at the moon, silly. The new moon is coming soon. 
and the new moon is said to represent new beginnings. In a way, this could be a new beginning for us. Don't you think? For us? Yeah. The way you feel. It's not a one-way street. I love you too, you know? And I have for a while. At least since last year. Maybe around the final exams from the first term. Maybe before. I don't know. Coming to terms with my feelings is really hard. I couldn't just ignore them, and any time they flared up, all I could do was run away and avoid you. I had to suppress it if I wanted to save our friendship. So I did. Or... At least I tried. The sight of Deku in front of her clouded, and before she could figure it out, he was wiping her cheeks dry with his thumb. Was she crying? I like what you said about every moment we spent together. As I pushed my feelings down, I really believed I had a handle on them. My heart stopped aching, and in no time, I was able to spend more time with you and it didn't feel weird or forced. But when I look back at everything we've been through, I know now that I'm every bit in love with you as I was before. Ochako put her palm against Deku's. She nodded to ease his unsure look, and she felt him close his hand around hers. She did the same, weaving her fingers between his. His hands were rough, but gentle. So, what happens now? Deku asked innocently, his cheeks flushed red. I don't think I know what happens after the confessing part. I don't know either, Ochako said with a nervous chuckle. There's no recipe for love and no amount of planning could tell us what to really expect. Should we just do what we always do? Try our best and figure it out? Together? Deku suggested. Exactly. She said with a sweet smile. The two of them scooted closer to each other, and Ochako let her head rest on his shoulder. Neither said another word for the rest of the night, until their inevitable goodbye. But goodbye could wait, at least for a little longer. She spotted a big grin on his face before he gulped down the rest of his drink contentedly. She looked down to their entwined hands. It felt nice. It felt exactly how he described the tea she made him earlier. Sweet, soothing, and warm. <laughs>